The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week is every week. We're working hard to give you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And one of my favorite parts about this time of year is that I get the opportunity to interview some folks who are typically super busy, and it's super hard to get them on the schedule. And... Um, because the OREA convention, the National New Real Estate Strategy Summit is coming up, I call them up and I say, but you, you need to do this because we need to let people know that they can pledge and get a seat at the OREA convention and they can't say no. So today is no exception. Today I have with me Jillian Sedoti, who is one of the country's leading experts on Reg A placements, and she has assisted so many companies and so many individuals in uh, raising money uh, with crowdfunding and 506C and Regulation A, and it's uh, it's kind of kind of kind of her area of speciality. And she's going to talk to us today about uh, raising money and also what you absolutely don't want to do if you are trying to raise money. So, uh, Jillian, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being able to be here today. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your background coming into this because it's pretty it's pretty eclectic starting with a record label. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um that was a fun and stressful time all at the same time in my life where um, you know, I financed a business on my credit card and um, soon realized that that's not how you finance a business because I found myself in the middle of the country broken down on the side of the road in a tour bus with no money and no way to pay for it and 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 it was it was it was you know the best of times and the worst of times as they say uh-huh uh-huh so <laughs> so from there a nice stable job as an attorney looks pretty promising <laughs> It looked really good. So I, I literally, we had broken down for me what was the the last time um, on tour, and and I got my butt back into law school and and finished up. And but but even through law school, I knew that being a lawyer wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in real estate. So uh, during the time that I was in law school, I looked for jobs in the real estate profession and, and found one at a, at a firm in, in San Diego. And, and, and then I just found that, Hey, you know what, even real estate firms need money 
private money and private investment sometime. And that's when I figured out how you're supposed to finance a business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that led you that led you down this road that I, you've been on for. I mean, you're not very old, but for a decade or more uh, of right. of not just not just kind of doing what a lot of attorneys do, which is explaining to people what the requirements are and drawing up the paperwork, but you also have sort of morphed into somebody who can uh, help them, you know, not not directly, you don't pick up the phone and raise money or anything like that, but help them understand what the what the right ways to approach people from a practical perspective as well as a legal perspective is. Right. You know, and that's, that's the big part of it. I, I find that and and what will what I will be talking about at Aria is one of the big things the big problems with uh, a lot of the times when people teach about private money is they teach about yeah the legal aspects of it but that doesn't really help when it comes to the actual raising of money uh, so so I try to combine you know here's the legal aspects of it. Uh, but also, here are the practical aspects of it. Here, here's what you can do within the law to raise money. Because the other, it's a double-edged sword, right? So you have so one part of the private money population teaching about the law, which doesn't exactly help you raise money. And then you have the other part of the population that teaches you, okay, here's the how to raise money, but doesn't address the law, which is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, <laughs> that's uh, you know, it is, it's like, like an incredibly important combination. And I would sort of, I would sort of like to take a moment to warn people because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of just online quote education about right. raising private money. And what I would like to warn people about is if the person that, that's telling you how to do whatever, you know, meet meet people, um, talk to people, whatever, is not also including warnings about what not to do and to, to check your own state law about what the requirements for raising private money are and look into the federal laws if you are uh, bringing in money from out of state, then you probably should turn your ears off and keep moving. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I have to agree with that. And and then even people, I, I have, um, you know, clients of mine who go out there and they're good people and they mean well. And they go out and teach, you know, how they raise money and then give suggestions of how to raise money. And it's not necessarily that they're teaching it incorrectly, but they're, they're forgetting or neglecting some key points. And when you forget or neglect those key points, People go out and make mistakes, which is why it's so important to to have some kind of legal understanding. Um, you know, the one uh, the one thing I've been hearing so much of in just the last couple of days, and I've always heard this, but for whatever reason, it's it's rearing its ugly head again. Is the friends and family round of financing, and something I have to constantly tell people is, you have no friends and you have no family <laughs> according to the law. There is no friends and family exemption in the law. There's no friends and family round that you can do, and and everything's okay because oh, I just used my friends and I just used my family. That's not exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you realize I, I, I know you don't you don't spend a lot of time hanging out at RIA groups. 
you you mostly you mostly you mostly do like big <laughs> big financial conferences and big events like yeah. the National Real Estate Strategy Summit. But the uphill battle you're fighting is that everybody is watching everybody else do it wrong. Right. And even even when they hear how to do it right, I think they kind of think, well, I'm not seeing people getting in trouble for the wrong way in which they are doing it. And you've got right. some you got some examples that we're going to share toward the end of the show that hopefully will scare people straight on that cuz th- this this is a weird thing in real estate where everybody wants it. Everybody wants private money. Everybody knows somebody who's raising private money. And I would guess that 85% of the people out there are doing it in a way that if it ever got looked at, they'd be in trouble. Well, I'll tell you something, too. Here, here's the difference. Right now, I'm not having any of my clients call me panicked because a an investor is threatening to sue them. I'm not having any of my clients call me panicked right now because the state securities board um, is threatening them or the SEC is threatening them. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, they do have a lawyer who's who's helping them through the process. But the other reason I'm not hearing that from, you know, not just my clients, but from, you know, non-clients calling and panicking is because the economy is really good right now. And so we're not going to, you know, in 2008, no one called me panicked then. We're pre, you know, around 2008, right when it started, no one was calling me panicked then either. It wasn't until like 2010 to 2012 did I get people calling me saying, hey, this investor is threatening to sue me. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, I got a letter from the state of Texas. Or, hey, I got a letter from the SEC. Those things don't happen in a good economy. They only happen when things go horribly wrong. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm going to tell you, it things will go horribly wrong. They might not go horribly wrong for you or for a deal that you're in, but they will go horribly wrong for somebody. It's only a matter of time. And that's when we're going to see things happen. And we're going to see those people who perhaps are, are, you know, on Facebook just randomly raising money. They're the ones who are going to have the issues because it's just going to take that one person who doesn't like you even so slightly to turn you into some authoritative figure. Mm -hmm. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, okay. we're going to talk more about uh, how the, the things that people ask about private money. Where, where do you find people? What sort of things can you say to them? And, of course, deal with the legalities as well. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Bina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jillian Sidoti. If you are wondering why I'm not giving you phone numbers and emails to send question to which to send questions, almost got myself caught in a grammatically incorrect sentence there. Uh, the reason is we're pre-recording this program. The uh, We did send out a call for questions last week. And if you're not on our email list so that you're getting those things, you're getting the notifications of the show and who's on and what they're talking about. And a lot of the guests will write nice articles for us that will help you even more understand this. You need to go to real life real estate and dot com and get signed up for that email list a uh, number of people i run into who say when it, when is your show on and it's like if you're getting the emails you would know that uh you might you might want to go ahead and do that so we're talking about raising private money and uh jillian there's there's been a little shift in what you talk about i mean i know you're still you're still going out to these big conferences and you're telling people how to raise millions of dollars at a time to buy 
giant packages of properties or big commercial properties or big note packages or whatever. But you've had a little uh, shift over, I've started to notice it over about the last year, where you are also starting to teach people just how to raise plain old private money. Like, I got a property, I need a lender on it, as opposed to I need $10 right. million. Uh, well, why is that? Why, why, why have you kind of um, uh, started to bring that into your business as well? Well, because the problem is just so many people are doing it pr- improperly, and it's just that first you know, go out there and you start doing it wrong. And, and if you, if you're out there, you're doing it wrong. When you first start out raising money, then you are going to create a taint for yourself. Um, and, and I just am looking to prevent that. And I really wanted to see people, even, even people who are out there trying to raise money for, you know, smaller projects, and it's the first time, and they're dealing, you know, just with their their uncle and their cousin and their friend Joe. I want to make sure that you're doing it properly, and you're speaking to these investors properly, and you're not promising them the wrong things. You're promising them the right things. And yeah, you can make promises. You can absolutely make promises. I'm not telling you not to make promises. I'm telling you to make the proper promises. For example, I promise to pay you 8% on your money before I pay myself. That is a promise you can make. You cannot make a promise like, I guarantee and that is a key word there, guarantee. I guarantee to pay you whatever on your money um, no matter what happens. You cannot make any guarantees. You cannot tell them that it's safe. You cannot tell them that it's low risk. These, your real estate investment is none of those things. You cannot guarantee it. It is not safe. It is not low risk. And you can be screaming at your radio right now telling me all the ways that it is safe. It is low risk. You can guarantee it. And I am going to tell you, you cannot. I just, And I, I know it sounds um, weird for me to say this. Just trust me on this because the, the, the SEC and the state does not consider your things low risk, guaranteed, or safe. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. Something that is FDIC insured is safe. There's insurance there. It will pay back. Um, you know, annuities are relatively safe. Mutual funds can be safe. They can be low risk. And you know why? Because there's billions of dollars behind that mutual fund. It's being managed by uh, a huge company, generally speaking, um, by several, uh, you know, professional money managers. Um, and, it, and the money's constantly moving based on a, a variety of metrics. Your single-family property in Cincinnati, Ohio, and trust me, I know about single-family properties in Cincinnati, Ohio. I own some myself. Um, that is not a safe investment. That that house burns to the ground and doesn't have adequate insurance. You cannot tell me that's safe. Um, it's not low risk. If you die and have no one to take over the management of that property and the bank comes in and takes over that property, that is not low risk. You cannot guarantee it. You are not a bank. You are not an insurance company. And you're not the government. So there's nothing you can guarantee. And, and for any of you out there that are saying, but what if I offer a personal guarantee? I want you to stop that behavior right now. You need to stay in control of the deal. There is no reason for you to offer guarantees to anybody, and it reeks of desperation. And that's that's not really legal advice. That's just 
marketing advice. It's just, that's, just advice. that's just practical. Yeah, I mean, we're practical. We're, <laughs> we're all we're all um, you know as we as we grow up in the real estate business, all we hear from the people who are telling us to invest in real estate is how safe it is and how low risk it is and how this and that it is. And I think the the division here, which hopefully hopefully if you can if you can teach this thing now for 10 years, you will have converted the industry the way you did in the last 10 years, teaching them how to do, you know, reg A filings and stuff like that. But I think, I think the, the, the kind of mental, the mental division here is that those words have legal meaning that aren't the same thing as, well, look, it's, it's, it's pretty low risk. You didn't pay much for the part. This is what you're hearing from the front of the room right about an investment right. it's pretty low risk right. you're not putting a lot of money into it there's 900 ways to save it if it if it falls apart but to the SEC low risk doesn't mean yeah you know there's a pretty low chance of you losing money <laughs> low, low right. risk actually means things like insurance and you know one of the one of the key points you just made was a, 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 a mutual fund for instance if the CEO of that mutual fund is killed in a plane crash tomorrow, the the mutual fund is still operating exactly the same way the next day, and, and they have him replaced in two weeks. If you're in the middle of a rehab with a private lender's money involved and you die, die in a plane crash, that private lender is on his own. Basically, he's he's right. got he's got to figure out how to reacquire the property. Hopefully, you've got your you've got your stuff in a group so that. You know, you can uh, maybe in six months the probate will be finished and can be signed over to him. But it's really it's 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 not it's not comparable the way something right. like a REIT or a hedge fund would work and the way individual investors work and what that means in terms of risk for their private lenders and their partners. Right. Exactly. So right. um, mm-hmm. let's um, let's let's talk about this because I I know this is. When I get asked about private money, nobody ever says, so can you explain to me what I can and can't do and what documentation I need? And are there any disclosures I need to make? That is not the question that I get. The question that I get is, well, where do I, where do I find these people who have money? Like, how, do I, how, how, do I, how do I approach these people who have money? And I know we only have you know, 42 minutes or so together today, so you can't, you can't kind of do what you do in your all-day sessions, but can you, can you give the, 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 the new investor who's maybe done a couple of properties, gotten bank loans on them, now wants to convert over to private money and would literally say to you, I don't have any friends and family <laughs> who have money. Everybody's wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, is I get that all the time. Like, I don't know anybody who has money. Well, then, all I have to say to you is you're hanging out in the wrong places, and you need to up your 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 network. network. Yeah. You really need to up your network. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, you're wrong. You're just wrong. There's Everybody knows somebody with money somewhere, and... And if you really, honestly, truly believe that you don't know anybody that has any money, then you need to start putting yourself in front of people who do. And so then the next natural question is, well, where are those people? And stop focusing, I would say, on that and more on things that you enjoy doing. Um, So, for example, 
anybody who has a hobby, generally speaking, there's people who put a lot of money into that hobby. Uh, and I, I like to always use something like Comic-Con as an example because it's something you usually wouldn't think of. Somebody who's really into comic books, that is somebody who has disposable income to spend on comic books. And so if your if your hobby is um, comic books, then you should find a comic book convention and then go to the VIP events. Spend money to go on the VIP events because those are other people who have money to spend on the VIP events. Um, my other favorite thing, or my actually my most favorite thing to suggest on where to find people with money is to find your favorite charity and then go to their charitable dinners, their charity auctions, their charitable golf tournaments, and, and start networking uh, and, and those. Now, I get a lot of people who tell me I don't like people and I don't like networking. Well, you kind of want to get comfortable with that because this, this is a game of marketing, of personality, of people learning to trust and like you. Um, so I, I would, before I give you my next suggestion, my first suggestion would be get comfortable with networking and talking to people and, and going out and and really developing relationships. And you should never go out with the mind of, like, I'm going out to raise private money, but rather I'm going out to develop relationships. Um, the se- So the second place you can go is online. And where do you go online? Well, you start with the, having a giver's mentality and hang out on Facebook and LinkedIn and Bigger Pockets and find those message boards where people are asking for advice and give advice where you can give it um, and and provide input and and give um, give suggestions on how to build somebody else's real estate business you're not going to give away any great secrets I promise you so so don't uh, fear giving away too much I'm giving you all that I have or I can in 42 minutes uh, right now, and I'm not worried about any of you, you know, dropping what you're doing and going to law school and taking the LSAT <laughs> and and then, you know, taking the bar and then, or I guess you take the LSAT before you go to law school, but you get my point. You're not going to come and start a securities law firm against me um, and take all my great ideas. So, or even come up with a home study course to to raise private money. You're not going to do that, and people aren't going to necessarily steal your idea, your brilliant ideas either to compete with you. So don't be afraid to give free information on the internet. This is going to build trust and credibility amongst people who are reading those posts. Um, And then the other thing, and it can also work in reverse, the other thing is go out and ask people for advice. People love giving advice. People love giving their opinion. So, you know, if you're rehabbing a home and you're trying to decide between two floors, even if you know which flooring you're going to use, you already have your mind made up, go to your crowd, go to the interwebs, put it on your Facebook page, put it on, you know, the message boards on Facebook or, or bigger pockets and say, hey, I'm trying to decide between this color and this color. Which one do you like better? You, you, will, you will be surprised at how many people will have an opinion on what flooring you put in your rehab. We need to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that difficult legal stuff and also more advice on how you can raise money. We'll be back right after this.
Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Fina Jones-Cox, talking today to Jillian Sidoti, who is uh, keynoting on Friday morning, November the 2nd, at the National Real Estate Investing Summit here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I believe... I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I guess check this again the day the show airs. But I believe that we still have one more package for folks who wanted to sign up for that through WMKV. Thus, not only getting to come to the world's greatest real estate conference, but also supporting public radio. It's like a total win-win. Uh, you find that out. You find that out at WMKVFM.org. WMKVFM.org. If it's still up there, there's still a package left and. It's super inexpensive. It's like under $200 for all four days. Now, the other thing I want to warn everybody who's coming about is that Jillian has three little kids and dragging her from California to Ohio is a maybe once every three years thing that we're able to do and then getting her to stay here, mm, nearly impossible. So she has (laughs) one presentation, (laughs) one presentation on Friday morning. So you, you want to get there first thing in the morning, Friday morning, uh, to hear Jillian, because unlike a lot of the other speakers, she doesn't have two presentations during the course of the event. So, uh, so Jillian, I'm, I'm going to my, I'm going to my Comic-Con, I'm going to my, I'm posting stuff up online about, you know, to help other people who might have money. I'm going to my high school class reunion because why should the Alumni Association be the only one there looking for money? Yeah, by there, right. there. And, and by the way, again, I can't emphasize this enough. You're not there looking for money. You're looking there to network. You're looking there to network, build trust, you know, develop relationships. Um, if you go in there with the mind that you're going to, uh, I'm going to raise some money tonight, then you are going in there with the wrong mindset, and it will show, and um, it will come to a tragic end, which will be basically that you won't raise any money. So you have to, it has to be very methodical and if you haven't if if you don't have a project now that you need money for um good start now because that makes it even easier to raise money when you do have a project because now your mind is in the right place it's not in a a state of desperation because the worst thing you can be is in a state of desperation when raising private money it it, it will show through a thousand times over and you just you just you just like you didn't you didn't jump my question because I know that this is something that you say over and over and over again, so I was going to ask you about it, but um, yeah. you are so right about that. It, it, so, so many people approach the private money thing as if they were wearing a button that said, you know, loan me money now, ask how. And mm-hmm. it it there's something about, uh, first of all, that's very that's off-putting. It's very off-putting yeah, when, when somebody, say, somebody... Like, I would avoid you like the plague. <laughs> Jack, haven't seen you in 20 years. You look great. You got any money? You know, that just that just doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't fly at all. And uh, also waiting until you've already got a project that needs to be funded is not the time to start having these conversations. And let me add, because this, this actually, um, it, it came up a little bit in the first segment uh, about the, the everything bad happening in a market downturn. We're headed for a market downturn. Cal- California, right. California may already be in a market out- downturn. Nashville Possibly. may already be in a, <laughs> in a market yeah. downturn. We're seeing things on the market a lot longer, and um, you know, especially higher end homes, which is where it usually starts. So you yeah. know, yeah, and, um, and the downturn going to happen. And the downturn is save th- your money. It's the great time to 
buy deals, right? Like that's when you want to be actively buying. But that's after Katie Couric has already said real estate's going down, 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 down is not the time to start opening conversations. (laughs) You know, you do that, you do that, you do that now. And in a super low pressure way that I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, you, you do a better job of sort of uh, uh, saying it than I do, but in a super low pressure way, that's more like, yeah, you know, if you want to talk about this, we can talk about it. Don't have anything now, but I know I see right. some opportunity coming. Cause that's, you gotta, I think we've got to be preparing our private lenders now for what they're going to hear on the news in a year. Right. Correct. So, Correct. so, so uh, how would you, yeah. if, if you did meet Jack at the high school reunion and without sounding like you were coming on to him, um, how you you found out you know he maybe he just like started complaining to you about how terrible his IRA returns were or something that's like that's like the dream scenario right but right oh, okay yeah 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 like oh my god you're my dream investor let me help you out of those terrible returns you sound like you're hitting on me though see that's the problem right so so I want everybody to read a book and the book I'm going to tell you to read you're all going to laugh about and it's a very old book well it's not a very old book it's from like 1990 hold on i'm looking it up right now um it's actually this says it's from 2001 but i think it was really originally written in uh, 1995 and it's called the rules time-tested secrets for capturing the heart of mr right <laughs> and it's basically it's basically 10 rules and all the rules it's all the rules um, on how to basic to date for women, how to date a man, and uh, I want you to apply these same rules to uh, getting investors. Okay, <laughs> rules like what? <laughs> Wear something like, sexy and uh, what? <laughs> yeah, well, don't like don't make the first move, or you know, don't act too desperate. I mean, it's all about like not acting desperate and and letting letting the invest the well in this case the investor court you as opposed to the other way around and i'm telling you you can do this for those of you that doubt me don't because there's only two types of people in this world people who are in real estate and people who want to be in real estate all you have to find <laughs> is the people who want to be in real estate cuz they're out there and then the people who are in real estate want to be around you anyhow so so Everybody wants to be around you. Everybody wants to get in on your deals. If you change your mindset to this, it will start making things a lot easier. Now, not everybody is going to invest with you. Of course not. Like, that's just even a silly notion. And it's going to be disappointing at times. But the, th- the reality is, is that you're offering the opportunity for somebody to get into something they want to be in so badly. Um, and I've had a lot of experience with this in terms of, you know, where people are in, in their in their in their lives and in their investing experience. Um and even the person who's never invested before has always wanted to invest in real estate and just didn't know how and here you are offering that incredible opportunity for them to get into real estate investing. So, you know, the way to do it is with a a pull um, you know, strategy as opposed to a push strategy where you are, you know, doing constant follow-up and and really going like, hey, can we talk about that investment opportunity? Allow them, you know, a glimpse into what your world is um, um, and, and really figure out what you are 
what you're up to and why it's such a great opportunity and educate the potential investor on the opportunity that's that's there without telling them that there's an actual opportunity for them. Uh, I, kn- I know that sounds funny, but there is a, there is a finesse. And I just want you, that's why I say read the rules. <laughs> the rules really will teach you about how to lure an investor into your, your, your opportunity. And it's, a, it's not just, by the way, this is not about being deceptive. It's also about developing the relationship that you really need to uh, develop in order to have a strong foundation. How many people do we know that, you know, got engaged on the first date are still married or ever even got married? Or you, do, do you know what I mean? So it's like it's like the act of desperation or, or acting too fast is always going to you know, somewhat end in in some kind of tragedy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We need to take another break and it's our final break. So after this one, we have got to talk about the legal part because we know what you want to know, but then we know what you need to know. So uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Jillian Sidoti, one of the 23 speakers at the National Real Estate Summit coming up in just a couple of weeks here in Cincinnati. I hope you guys have all decided to go. Uh, I hope you have your tickets. If not, go to wmkvfm.org for a special deal for Real, real Life Real Estate listeners. Um, so, Jillian, um, the, the I's dotted and T's cross part is just like the, the number of people I run across who are teaching this, who don't even know what that is, is, is unbelievable. So let, let, let's, let's talk about some, some things that one can do accidentally in raising private money that are illegal and what, what some of the outcomes of that could be. Sure. Well, here's the thing. Uh, it gets very complicated, and I don't mean to to avoid the question, but I, I am going to definitely encourage you to come to Aria and hear me speak um, about this uh, because because it, it's it's really it is a very complicated subject. There's a lot of rules, and we're going to go through all of those rules, and we're going to I like to put things in buckets. I call them buckets, and you got to figure out what bucket you're going to be in. Um, and so we'll talk about all of that. So I'm going to just I'm just going to bottom line what you absolutely need to do in order to uh, avoid you know problems. And and the big uh, I, it's what I call the three Ds. It's disclosure, details, and disclaimers. And you have to disclose all the material facts. You have to give the, all the relevant details, and then you have to disclaim any of the liabilities. And what I mean by that is you have to tell every sixth way to Sunday uh, how these, this investment can go wrong to your investors. You have to tell them that. It's absolutely imperative you tell them that. You cannot tell them all the rosy, wonderful things that are going to happen and then not share with them the incredible tragedies that could also develop. So, um, And that is your insurance policy from an investor um, suing you for, you know, mis- not telling them the truth because it's always going to be one of those things where if something does go slightly wrong, well, you said, well, yeah, but I also told you that it could get hit by a tornado and we wouldn't have enough insurance. So it's it's things like that you really want to make sure 
that you address. Um, and and you also want to tell them exactly, you know, the who, what, where, whens, hows, how much, and whys of the project. Um, you know, the, the two things that an investor really wants to know is how much am I going to make and when am I going to get my money back? And so you need to you need to downplay both of those things tremendously um, so that the investor is happily um, surprised as opposed to um, um, disappointed uh, when things don't go um, exactly as planned. Uh, so so th- th- those, those are the big things. It's the disclosure, the disclaimers, and the details. And, and you can never get away with not doing that. I don't care if you have two investors or 200 investors. You cannot get away with not providing that material to your investors. It, and, and it's very dangerous to, to do otherwise. And so, so what, what, sort of, what sort of dangerous? Because, you know, again, people are seeing this all the time. They're seeing other people mm-hmm. sign, sign private loans at their kitchen table without a, without a title search, with no attorney involved, with no, certainly no disclosures involved. Yeah. And, and, and the reason it works is because there's so many of us we can't, all get, we can't all get caught, right? And, right. <laughs> and, nothing, and nothing goes right. wrong. But when something go, does go wrong... What happens? Well, that that's just it. Then the investor sues you. Then you get a bad reputation. Then they call. I, you know what? I'll never forget. Um, it, uh, Matt or you sent me an email that had a a video in it from like local five Cincinnati mm-hmm. news. I don't know. I don't remember which channel it was, but. This local Cincinnati company had taken money from this young lady who had come into some money through an inheritance. And this 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 story actually speaks to a couple of things. Um, it, it, they had taken this money from a young lady um, that she had received through an inheritance, and it was quite a bit of money. Um, and she had invested on a first deed of trust or mortgage uh, on a property, and and the documents didn't say what the risks were associated with investing, but did clearly say, you know, your your money is going to be tied up in this property until you know X date, and you know that's when the note becomes due. And so it turns out, young lady was not that sophisticated, which is again why I want you to read the rules. Because, or you don't have to really read the rules; just understand the rules. Okay, I'm I'm really kind of joking about reading that book, but uh, because you want to get to know the investor and see how sophisticated they are, and make sure that they're not asking stupid questions or have stupid expectations before they invest. And if they do, then don't take their money. And in the case of this one company, they did not, and they did take her money, and she invested. And, in, and, you know, a couple months later, when the project was, you know, still being rehabbed, she demanded her money back. And the company said, look, no, the note's not due for another three months. We can't give you your money back for another three months. And she said, well, you never told me that. And you never told me that, you know, my money would be tied up like this. And I can't afford rent. That's a problem. You know, when your investor's telling you that they can't afford rent, um, and it's a problem because they didn't—they didn't check the sophistication of this particular investor, um, and they also didn't tell her the risks associated with investing. And so she, in her infinite wisdom, decided to call local five. You know, 
consumer protection news where the guy goes out and bangs on the business's door and says, hey, why aren't you paying this woman her money back? Did you take her money from her? Um, and now that poor company, um, you know, was exposed on local news for all their friends and family and neighbors to see. Uh, and she still didn't get her money back because it was still tied up in the property. And now uh, the state of Ohio Department of Securities had opened up an investigation on them based on that report. So mm -hmm. that's why. And these things, these things have ended in, <laughs> these things have ended in um, uh, big fines, from the the state yep. or federal SEC, that uh, big fines that are preceded by big legal bills. By the way, <laughs> while you Correct. try and while you try and Correct. fight it, they've ended in jail time for more than one person. Yeah, you just yes. Oh, you yeah. You know, you and I both know some people like that. So you just really want to. Uh... You just really want to be yeah. so incredibly careful. Yeah. Now, Jillian, we literally only have two minutes left. And in that yeah. two minutes, I would like you to give us some examples of things that you see all the time that real estate investors do that they positively should not be doing. Uh, again, I'm going to say it bears repeating, and I'll say it again when I'm in at Rio. Do not say words like low risk, guaranteed, safe, or secure. Please. Mm -hmm. So the so the Facebook ads that say I pay twelve percent to private lenders are okay. I actually saw a bandit sign that said that the other day. A bandit sign hanging out in the public. Twelve percent. We pay twelve percent backed by real estate. Backed by real estate's my problem. It's the paying twelve percent. I don't have a problem with, and I'll tell you all about why not. If when we're at Aria, and it all depends, and that's why I talked about the buckets, and we're going to talk all about those buckets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So uh, until then, I guess folks should maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe lay back a bit, maybe um, uh, yeah, just hang back, read up, read up on so, the rules. Yeah, just wait till I get there. And we're gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. Don't worry, we'll go through all of it. And they need to go to we'll w. Go they it. need to go to wmkvfm.org to learn more about it and get registered through the station if they have not already. So, Jillian, I thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. As always, look forward to seeing you here in just a couple of weeks. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.